You may be seated. All of you already are. Praise the Lord. You're ready to go. I don't know if you've ever needed any answers, but I need answers every day. Every day. I'm a pastor, and I get lots of questions, theological questions, life questions, questions that uh, sometimes don't make any sense, and they think I have all the answers. But new revelation for some of you, I don't. I don't have all the answers. But I tell you what I do have. I have the one who has all the answers. I can present them to the one. Listen, I never walked on water, but I know the one who did, who can. Amen? And so we're excited. It's good to have Kevin and Lindsay and their precious baby here with us. Let's welcome them today. Good to have you. What a blessing. Good to see you. We love it when people stop in Oak Grove and see us. And it's good to have some of you back from vacation. Some of you, uh, we know that uh, Josiah Bilslin is here. Stand up, Josiah. Turn around and wave at him. Josiah is joining our team. He's coming to AGTS. Thank you, buddy. His uh, parents are Amy and Steve Bilslin, and they were staff here many years ago. Josiah was born in the nursery. Wasn't actually born in the nursery, but him and Ethan Bradshaw cut their teeth in the nursery. And uh, Ethan is here at Evangel. I'm not certain if he's coming to Oak Grove. He's, he's missing out if he don't. I hope you heard that, Ethan. Anyway, I'm just, he's probably going to take a little tour and then maybe join us later. It depends. But, uh, but anyway, Josiah has no choice. He's on our staff. <laughs> so he was going to work at the coffee shop. I said, we need help. We'll work, we'll work you here. If you need coffee, all the coffee you want to drink. He's going to help Elizabeth up there in the media. We appreciate, Elizabeth, you investing time in him, helping him learn media. There's some great time for young men and women to go into ministry, have mentors, have people you can get answers from. We don't have all the answers, but we have some of the answers. And when it comes to media, I have no answers, period. Thank you, Bear. Thank you, anybody else that has some experience in sound or media or technology. I am the man between two generations. I was the man born before iPhone. How many of you were born before iPhone? Oh, wow. How many of you were born before computers? How many of you were born before the Son of Man? <laughs> I thought I'd trap you. Kim, we got you for a couple of more weeks. You're with the grandchildren, and you're heading out when? On the 30th of August. So we have you one more Sunday, possibly. Maybe you need to get packed up and head out. So this is it. Did you bring more peanut butter fudge with you? That was the best batch of peanut butter fudge you ever made. She said she messed up on it. Well, here's my suggestion. Keep messing up. That was the best. You know how I told you how I like it? Oh, it was just, it went in two days. It just went in two days. I don't know where it went, but it disappeared. Anyway, and then Caden is here. Caden Nichols, would you stand, Caden? Everybody welcome Caden, Kevin, Sherry. It's good to have you all here. Caden is also joining our team, and uh, he's going to Evangel. This is his first semester. He's, he just got here. He just got moved in. And so for all the rest that are coming, we are so glad you're here. We salute you. And uh, Annie is back again. That is uh, Taylor's uh, sister. Let's welcome Annie. Wave at him, Annie. Wave, wave at him. All right. All right. Need answers. Give God a call. And uh, Chrissy helped me with my PowerPoint this week. And I appreciate it because uh, I need all the help I can get. But I don't know if you've ever uh, been in the place where you needed answers and couldn't find any. But what do you do when you need answers? And it is somewhat overwhelming as a pastor because people have uh, questions that cannot be resolved 
There's not enough intelligence. There's not enough study. There's not enough education. There's not enough. I have been there when I felt like I was not enough. Uh, when a parent had a nine-year or a four-year-old child that, that drowned in the pool in the backyard, and I had to do the funeral, I didn't know what to say. When a parent over at Peace Chapel had a twin boy, nine years old, had asthma, that the helicopter didn't get there in time to save the boy's life. Go to the funeral, and the nine-year-old that's alive is running around while the other nine-year-old is in the casket. And mama wants to jump in the casket. I don't have enough intellect. Are y'all hearing me? I can't answer the questions of why. And it's okay to ask questions of why. I don't have all the answers, but I do know the one who does. And so what do you do when you need answers? Uh, there's, there's what I do. Some of us have a hearing problem. But how many glad that God speaks? The problem is not God speaking. The problem may be with our reception. I believe God talks. And I think that if we go to the right person at the right time, God will speak to us. He who has an ear, let him hear. How many believe God's going to speak today? If you're here and you have a dilemma, you're in a place where you need wisdom or, or direction or guidance God, I believe it seems that, that uh, God wants to help some people. And uh, today, many people are struggling to find answers to millions of questions. And there's so much we don't seem to know. And, uh, and I don't know what you do, but I have to turn to the Lord. Amen? And I feel like the Lord wanted me to give you this word to help some people that are facing some hardships and not finding the answers. Even if you've prayed and seeking the Lord for a long time, and you still don't have the answer you think you need. How many is ready to learn something this morning from the Word? The one reason could be that you have a hearing problem. I'm not here to, uh, to you know, speak down or to critique you. I'm just here to tell you that is one of the problems, that God speaks, but God's people are not in a place spiritually. They're dull of hearing. It's a sign of spiritual immaturity. Are you all hearing me? That's a good time to say amen. That means you can hear. Because I just asked you if you could hear me. Another problem is that uh, maybe you have a vision problem. How many thankful that our God sees? Not only does he hear, he also sees. And his hand and his arm is not too short to save you from your dilemma. And the scriptures are filled, chock full of, of places that t- talk about God saying, call on me, I will answer. Amen? And so he's an answering God. He sees everything. He knows everything. He hears everything. And, uh, and we live in a day when it's not easy to find answers. But I don't know where you go, but, but uh, I don't know where you turn. But some people, you know, choose uh, parents. I mean, it's good to go to your parents if you have godly parents. Some people don't have a godly leadership in their home. I didn't. I had good parents, but I didn't have God parents. I said, how many know there's a difference between good parents and God parents? Big time. They're, they're good. Mom and dad are good. Thank God for them. And brothers and sisters. But if they don't know the Lord, how many know they're going to be limited? We are limited who do know the Lord. But trying to get advice or counsel or answers from people uh, that don't know the Lord, wow. And that's why people can get uh, messed up. Christian counselors are there, mentors, brothers and sisters, coaches, parents, all kinds of good counsel. And uh, But you remember when Moses didn't know what to do, and uh, he was suddenly pastoring a a church of over a million? I mean, no, that was mega church back when the the whole thing began. 
Israelites. And so he didn't know what to do. They all had problems. This is something of pastoral ministry theology 101. They will have problems. Jesus even prophesied, in this world you should have troubles. You will have problems. But be of good cheer. We just sang about it, church. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And so, but he was looking for answers. People, he sat and to judge all the people of Israel. And they come one at a time. Well, my brother-in-law did this. My sister-in-law did that. My uncle did that. My brother did that. They, my neighbor did this, stole that. So he had to judge all the people, and he didn't know what to do. So he went to his father-in-law. Praise God for my father-in-law just turned 86. Give God praise for Mr. Jerry. He's a good father-in-law. And I love his very practical, common-sense life answers. I remember one time at CBC told us that we shouldn't probably be friends to the people in your congregation. Pastors shouldn't befriend that. That was actually what they taught. And I don't know where they got that, but I was like a very lonely pastor. Melissa and I were 28 years old pastoring our first church, and and uh, and the ladies wanted to go shopping with her for the Christmas shopping. She said, well, I don't have any friends. And, and Mr. Jerry said, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. <laughs> How many agree with him? You ought to be able to have friends with your own people. You can't be friends with your own people. You're going to be a lonely little pastor. And so... He he learned something that CBC didn't even know. So it's not bad to have inter, uh, you know, inter or, or some people you can go to for counsel, seeking good counsel. In fact, Proverbs fifteen twenty two said, "Without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counsels, they are established." There's wisdom in a multitude of counsel, but what I want to deal with today is. Is not just going to a counselor or to a friend or a pastor or a confidant or a parent or a grandparent, but going to God. How many believe God would desire that you come to him? Jesus even said, come to me, who are all who are weary and heavy laden, and learn from me. Take my yoke upon me on you, and I will give you rest. How many could use a little rest from all the struggles of the day? Of course. And so uh, having counsel is nothing wrong with that. Uh, getting answers from good people, sometimes we need it. But when we don't know the answer, trust God to give you his counsel. My goodness, the whole Trinity is there to help. Can somebody shout amen? The whole Trinity. Uh, I think that, that you can see this on, on here. Don't know what decision to make? Call God's 24-hour and 7 helpline. Look at Psalm 16. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. God counsels you. Praise him. He counsels you. And even at night, my heart instructs me. How many have been sitting there at midnight and you can't sleep? You've got insomnia and you're worried about things of the day or the week ahead or problems and you can't seem to get it. And God says, I will counsel you and I can be there. I remember Melissa and I praying in the midnight hour, three in the morning. Sometimes we pray together until tears go down our face because God gives us a word. I mean, a word from the Lord will help you in every situation. Call on the Lord. Verse 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Isn't that good? Psalm 16, 9 through 11, therefore my heart is glad, my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest secure. There is peace when you call on the Lord. He will answer. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, David's saying, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. 
That's a prophetic messianic word that Jesus said to the Lord as well. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You understand when you get counsel from somebody here on earth, you're limited. But when you get counsel from God himself, how many know it's unlimited resource? He knows all things. I know some things. Everything I thought I knew, I forgot. But Psalm 33 goes on to say the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he chose, uh, has chosen as his inheritance, his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He looks down from heaven and he sees. His eyes go to and fro across the earth. And what does he see? He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. That means you can be in a forest, uh, farthest uh, place in the earth and, and be a deserted island, the only one on it. I mean, oh, God can see you there. You can be in the darkest pit where you seem out of sight. You can be in a prison. I mean, oh, God sees you. He sees you. He's Jehovah Roi. And so if you fix your eyes on him, Hebrews said he will be there to lead you and guide you. Amen. All the way, all the way from the place of his dwelling, he looks on all of us. And uh, what about the uh, what about Jesus? That's just God. Uh, Jesus also says that he is uh, the wonderful counselor, right? The mighty God. Jesus gives us answers, but there are no easy answers. And how about the Holy Spirit? Doesn't he give answers too? Jesus said, I will go to the Father and ask him, and he will send you another comforter, a Holy Spirit counselor. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all available for you to get counsel. There's no reason for you to sit in worry and, uh, and, and wonder how God leads his people. He's a good shepherd, amen? I said he's a good shepherd. James says if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask God, and God will give it to you liberally. Would somebody help me give praise to the Trinity for all the counsel we can get from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Wonderful counselor. And don't forget, he's always available. So if you need answers, call on God. He he knows the answer. And so I, I need you to listen clearly. When you don't know the answer, find the one who does. Now, as a young man who got saved at 18, didn't have a biblical upbringing in a family in a Christian home, uh, went straight to Bible school, wasn't in the local church but a couple of three years. I didn't learn everything. I did get right in. I said I, I, I made up for lost time, right? 18 years of my life. I would have given anything to be a royal ranger. Are you all hearing me? I'd have been given anything to be a bus kid or somebody picked up to go to VBS. And so, and the Lord said, everything you needed, you, you must become. I mean, oh, there's a lot of kids out there that would like to learn that missing time with God because their parents didn't bring them up in the ways of the Lord. And we have some that have been brought up in the ways of the Lord and chose to go their own way. Why? Because they didn't listen to the counsel of God. God is speaking. 
Are you hearing me? He, there are no easy answers for us, but they often sound like even when God gives a speaking answer or shows you a revelation, it's still some of these choices. Wait, not yet. How many love that one? How many know America does not like to wait for anything? Some of you tap your foot waiting for the microwave, and it's only one minute. You're waiting for the ding. It takes 60 seconds, people. It's not the end of the world. It will go by in one minute. But we don't like to wait for anything, especially when we think our situation is a 10 on the scale of 1 to 10. It's a 10. When in reality, when you talk to the counselor, I mean, no, God will bring it back down. Everything's not as urgent as you thought it was. I said, the sky has not fallen, chicken little. But we all think we panic and we freak out. We all think it's the worst thing you've ever had at the moment. And so he says, wait, not yet. Sometimes he says, just trust me. Without any details. Without any details. Amy and, and Josiah was saying he came here with one plan. He was going to stay with Bear and Ruth. But he got to the Evangel and AGTS. And they opened up a room, gave him a room, a studio in the dorm. How many know God is faithful? He can do what we can't do when we think we make our plans. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord orders his steps. Trust the Lord. And then you got to believe. you got to believe that you are a son or a daughter of the Lord. He's not going to lead you wrong. He's not going to lead you in a bad way. If you listen to him, a sign of not listening is immaturity. Children do not like to listen to orders and commands from their parents. They especially don't like to be told no, and I'll deal with that in a minute. How many of you hate the word no? I mean, he gives an answer, and it's no, and you keep asking. Can I have candy? No. Five seconds later, candy, please. No. Like the day I caught Chrissy. She hates when I tell people this, but she was on the countertop at three years old, and her hand was going into the cookie jar. And I said, Chrissy, didn't I tell you you couldn't have that cookie till after dinner? And she pulled the cookie out and said, Daddy, I was getting that cookie for you. How many know that is manipulative and a lie at three years old? It's a lie at three years old. She was not getting that cookie for me. She didn't take no for an answer. I'll deal with that in a minute. I'll deal with that in a minute. But he always knows the right answer. But sometimes yes is the one we want. That's the only one we want. Uh, sometimes he says step out and go to the mission field, the ends of the earth, and you just got to go. You just got to believe. You got to give when he says give. Uh, and uh, and Nancy was talking about Gene and his testimony. He was quite the generous man. When the Holy Spirit would speak to Gene to give, he would give. Didn't he, Rick? He would give. It didn't matter how much. He wouldn't question it. He would just write a check. Nancy would write a check. Give that. That's what I want to do. He heard and he obeyed. And so so these are some of the, th- the answers that sometimes we need to get. There are no easy answers, though. And so his grace is sufficient. Amen? The answer comes in his time, and he knows the best solution, so it's best to choose him. If you're going to decide on something, who do you think knows better about the situation? You or the Lord? What is greater, the prayers of men or the will of God? So just surrendering yourself to his answer, whether it's wait or go or stay or stop, uh, all of those things are important. So we must fix our eyes upon the Lord, and he will give us the best choice. One day we'll see clearly, but how many know for right now our vision is limited? 
is limited. And so there are, uh, there are situations that come on all of us. It even happened in the Bible where men and women of God needed eyes of faith. And so in a world of uncertainty, our primary duty is to renew our vision, to see things with an eternal perspective. So many people are suffering. Joshua and the Hebrew believers are a couple examples. There's so many more. But people are suffering. Parents are struggling with the best thing to do for their children. And there's so many things today, Sal. Like, like you get a baby and, you know, used to be able to feed a baby and, and uh, give them the bottle. And then they burp them and they change them and they grow up. And pff, there you go. They're gone. It was easy. Now you're going to have a peanut allergy. You could have allergy to this. You could have allergy to that. I mean, there's so many things. It's like, Lord, to be a parent today, I think I would self-destruct. Mind blown. So many things and so many scary things. One tick bite away from a disease. Are you all hearing me? Not to mention the uncontrollable things that you go to school and you don't know. Oh, just, just a lot, a lot to worry about. But, uh, but God says you don't have to worry. He will help us. Amen? Health issues, kids' issues, financial issues, relationship issues. Some children are worrying about their parents. Parents are worried about their children. There's no easy answers, but we don't have to live in the dark. Aren't you glad for that? God can lead us through the valley of the shadow of death. Have faith in God to know what's next. I just got to stop before I get into these two. I just feel like I need to stop and tell you, you can see a victory. I said, it's a victory to know that you know who knows. I'm going to slow that down a little bit. (laughs) It is a victory to know that you know who knows. And when you put your faith and confidence in the one who knows, you ought to be able to have the victory. I don't know uh, so many things. Uh, uh, (laughs) I don't know if my body's going to hold out, but I do know the one who does. I don't know. I went to doctor with Mr. Jerry the other day in his heart, and the lady said, let me watch the ultrasound of his heart. Seen the ultrasound of a baby. That's pretty awesome. But ultrasound of the heart, and he had his chambers, the whole chambers all there in the screen, and little bitty what she called hand clappers were little valves. They're little valves, and they're doing like this. It's amazing. And I said, what's happening? She said, every time that little heart claps like that, uh, blood is going to the other chamber of the heart. I was blown away, mesmerized. How many know you are incredibly, wonderfully, beautifully, marvelously made by God? And he can make the little clapper open and he can stop the clapper. How many know it's up to God? So I just trust the Lord that my clapper keeps clapping. Amen. But I really don't know. But he does. And I also know the word of God says, by his stripes, I'm healed. If the old heart gives out tomorrow, I mean, oh, I have an ultimate healing. I'll be with the master. I don't know if my job will keep me. The board could get rid of me tonight at the board meeting. I doubt that. That was supposed to be a joke. Laugh a little bit. Uh, do you all know something I don't know? See, I told you I didn't know. I'm the last one to know. Okay. Last I looked, uh, my key fit the door. Praise the Lord. I don't know, though. But I do know who does. And I do know this. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm the child of the king. My value doesn't come from other people. My value comes from the one who loves me and is going to lead me and take care of me. Amen? So 
I want you to write this down because, you see, uh, the devil can't take what I don't know to try to destroy what I do know. But that's what he always does. The devil can't take what I don't know, that lack, that gap of the things I don't know, to try to destroy what I do know. And that is I am my beloved's and he is mine. And his banner over me is love. I said, I'm going to make it. Come on, somebody shout, I'm going to make it. All of you shout, I'm going to make it. I thought I only had a few of you. Now I have all of you. So what do I know? I know that my Redeemer lives. How many glad our Redeemer lives? Jesus faced death itself. Seemed like a gruesome way to die. But he did it. He had a mission. It was for me and for you. So we can find forgiveness of sin. So the curse of sin and the law doesn't come upon me because it came upon him. I said, he who knew no sin became sin so that the one who was full of sin could become a child of the Lord. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so it seemed as though it was the end. And even the Lord, you know, at the end, saying, Father, if there's any way, if there's any way, I need answers. I need answers. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, I need answers. Cricket, cricket. And then he came to this place in faith because he could hear and he could see in the Spirit. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So, yes, the cross is hard to bear, but all the resurrections come. Can I just tell you, somebody needs to help me preach this morning. For every cross situation, for every cross situation, there is a resurrection coming. For every death experience, how many know there's a resurrection coming? Especially to the people of God. So be of good cheer. The Lord has overcome death. The worst thing that can happen. And so, I believe, I believe, uh, in him who I am persuaded, I know it is him, and I believe, and, and I am persuaded, Paul said, that he is able to keep that which I've given to him against that day. I have a testimony. Now, how many out there have a story, a testimony? By the, how they overcome? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So Satan's always going to buffet. He's always going to beat the door down to try to stop you, slow you down, or destroy you. Especially if you're a threat to the kingdom of darkness. You know, made the devil mad. So if you're going through it today, understand. It could be, it could be uh, the Lord helping you grow through the refiner's fire. It could be the Satan is tempting you, trying to destroy you. There's a lot of things that are going on. So you're really looking for answers. You really need to turn to the Lord. I got to tell you, though, I didn't get here by myself. Can somebody say amen to that? Like the turtle on top of the fence post. No way I got here by myself. When I thought I was going to lose my mind, the Lord helped me. There's days in ministry where you really don't know. I mean, you're just limited. Your, your resources run out. I don't know how we're going to build that building, but I do know God said to build it. Right? And uh, I didn't think we'd come through COVID, but here we are. I mean, no, the devil should have killed us when he had a chance. I said, Satan should have took me out when I was 18. He didn't know I was going to be a 60-year-old man still preaching. He thought you was going to quit. 
His goal is that you give up, that you quit, that you stop, that you slow down, that you back up. And that's what he did to many people in the kingdom. But I made it this far. When I lost my parents, he was there to help me. All of us have losses. And when I, when I, when I felt deserted, he was there. When finances got tight, I called on the Lord and he helped me. Hello. We had babies and they got sick. The Lord helped us. Everybody has losses and Satan tries to take your losses and punch you in over the head all the time and, uh, and tries to attack your body, tries to attack your mind, tries to attack your family. But, uh, but Joshua, he was, he was, uh, Moses died. Now the greatest leader is gone and Moses is gone. I mean, there was places that Moses went that Joshua couldn't go. I mean, oh, God's about to take some of you in a place where nobody can be with you there. Amen. Joshua, you stay here. Where I'm going, only me and God can go. So there's some personal revelations that God can only give you. And so you got to call on the Lord. There'll be some times where you get an answer and nobody will understand it. Nobody will understand it. You'll get a call and nobody will understand it. God will speak to you something and nobody understands it. But you know it's God because you heard from the Lord. So Moses is dead. Joshua sees in the supernatural. And, uh, and he led Israel. And they all wondered how to get to the place of the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey. There are giants over there, remember? They're supposed to be finding a home over there. Some of you might be looking for direction this morning. I got to tell you, God is speaking to you. And he wants to put a peace and a settlement and establishment in your heart that you know that you know that you know. Not because somebody gave you advice, because the, the Lord himself spoke to you. The promise is for you. But look at the word that God gave Joshua. Hey, son, every place your feet walk, I will give you the land. What do I have to do, Lord? All you have to do, Joshua, listen to me. All you have to do is be strong and courageous. Just be strong and courageous. Hey, don't give in. Just be strong and courageous. Three times he told him, be strong and very courageous. Trust me, I've got this, Joshua. How many believe God can keep his promises? Anybody? So the promises for you as well. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but all of us are facing something. The Hebrew believers, they wanted to go back to Judaism. They really, they were, they were getting fired from their job. They were losing uh, their positions, they, they were, they were uh, not being able to feed their family. They were being persecuted in a big way. We don't even know what persecution is yet. We will, though, soon. But they were ready to go back to Judaism, the Hebrew believers. My favorite book of the Bible, because these Christians were not just Christians when it was revival time. They were Christians in the bad times, when it wasn't popular to be a Christian. And Christians were weary and struggling. And the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, For he himself has said. I like that. For God himself has said. Right? I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many love that promise? I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And we might boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. The psalmist David said, I lift my eyes toward the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. That'll help you. 
I said, that'll help you. If you can't see what's coming, keep your eyes on Jesus. He will lead you through the storm. He will lead you through the valley for his name's sake. It's important. I want to give you these things. Chrissy gave me these. She found them, and I thought they were pretty awesome. Even when, he, when the knife was in the air, Abraham had the knife in the air, the ram was seen caught in the thicket. Give God time. If Abraham would have seen the ram on this side, see, while Abraham's going up with Isaac on this side of the mountain, the ram was already in pursuit on this side of the mountain. How many know God provided the ram before he ever got to the top of the mountain? That's why they call him the father of faith. If he would have seen the answer, he would not have been called the father of faith. It takes faith to see the eternal perspective. It takes obedience to hear the voice of God, take your son to the top of the mountain, tie him up to the altar, start the fire, raise the knife. But listening is so important. Listening is so important. Hearing is very important. Are you hearing that? Three times I said it. Because if he would have only listened to sacrifice your only son, he would not have been listening when the Lord said, stay the knife. You got to listen on the front end, in the middle, and on the back end. You got to always be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Always. Otherwise, you could have a detrimental situation. He had a powerful time, but he had to wait on the Lord. And even when Pharaoh's army is on Israel's heels, and God suddenly opened the path through the waters. Give God time. All Moses has is a wooden stick. He gets to the end of himself at the shore, right, of the Red Sea. The enemy's behind him. The sea is in front of him. Nowhere to go. No more resources. No more help. There's nothing to do. We're dead in the water. Has anybody ever felt like you're there? Entrapped in a place where there's no way out. And all of a sudden, he takes that hollow stick that God gave him. He puts it over the waters and says to the Israelites, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And all of a sudden, the breath of God, the Ruach, begins to blow over the waters. And the waters separated. And the people of God walk through on dry ground. Not a fairy tale. It's not a story we made up. It's not some old folks tale. How do you know this is the word of the Lord? And they got barely across. It seemed like Israel's army, Pharaoh's army, uh, I'm sorry, Pharaoh's army is coming in. They're in the middle. And all of a sudden, by the time they got to the other side and Miriam broke out with her tambourine, I mean, oh, she was Pentecostal. Woo, I'm feeling it. By the time she got out her tambourine, started dancing, the waters began to close. But not until the last Israelite put their foot on the other side of the sea. God's timing is perfect. And, the, and they closed the walls in and drowned Pharaoh's army. Whew, what a story. What a story. Give God time. He'll work it out. And then here's the man of God, prophet of God, Elijah, seeing miracles. He's the one that didn't die, got caught up in a whirlwind. What a way to go. And when the bed of the brook dried up, he heard the voice of the Lord. I don't know what's dried up in your life today, but you got to give God a little time. Because he can send the ravens to feed the man and woman of God. If all your stock is in the stock market, 
How many know that's not very secure? If you think you've got all that planned and that's all going to last, think again. I would rather be fed by the ravens of God's sins to me than to put my trust in all the millions of, of dollars on this planet. Nobody can provide for you like God. So give God some time. Give him a call today. I tell you, I am uh, not a techie. My staff knows. Don't call me before nine. Don't call me after nine. Unless you're dying. Um, my phone stays on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It has since I started the ministry. Because a pastor is always on call. You do know that. So unless you're hurting. I had sister call me, one from my last church call me one time, three in the morning. Pastor. Yes, Sister Irma. That ought to tell you enough right there. The way she said it. Pastor. I said, how can I help you? My granddaughter has a diaper rash. Oh, do you think I prayed for her? Do you think I got into a theological discussion about her granddaughter's diaper rash? I said, honey, Melissa and I used desitin when our babies were little. Good night. So I'm not, I'm not in a place where I'm not accessible. Okay? And if you want to just talk, just to talk, call me after 9 and before 9. But if you have an emergency, call me anytime. And I'll be there. My phone's on. So the reason I tell my staff that is because my phone is on. And if it rings, I answer it. And many times, when Fred passed away, Marilyn, I was there at your house before the ambulance. Are y'all hearing me? Because I'm going to be there for my people. And I'm just a man. How much more? Oh, I wish somebody would help me here. I'm just a human flesh man that don't know anything. How much more is your heavenly father? He, he knows every hair on your head. He knows the lilies. The, the, he feeds the, the, the fish. He takes care of the flowers. He takes care of the trees. He takes care of his people. He knows everything about everything. He knows everything about anything. And in light of that, I know nothing. So call on the Lord. It sounds so trivial, so trite, so easy. We should be confident enough to know that whatever is coming. Pastor, I don't know what's next. Josiah's jumping into it. Caden's jumping into it. Four years of I don't know. And lots of questions are coming your way. And, uh, and, so, and so I asked my first professor at my first week of Bible school. He looked at me. He said, uh, if you've got the questions, I've got the answers. I was like, sir, I don't even know the questions to ask you. I just got saved a few years ago. But he was ready to help me. But I needed a whole lot of help. So I just propped a stick underneath my arm. You need something again, Ron? Yes. Can I tell you, that might have been my professor, but I mean, no, your heavenly father is not going to look at you like that. You can ask a million times. You can ask a million questions. You can tell him how mad you are at him. He has got big shoulders. 
not going to bother him. You know why some of the things you're going through? God can tell you because some of you are anointed. That's why you're going through what you're going through. You got an anointing on your life. And that's why Satan's so mad at you, trying to shut you down, trying to stop you. But you need to be confident. I said, his name is on the line. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not my name's sake. His name is on the line. Not my name. Are you hearing me? That's why Moses said, you need to take care of these people, Lord. Your name is on the line. And these people were murmuring and complaining. Forty years, nobody could satisfy them. That was, that was Israel, Assembly of God Church. Wanted to go back to Egypt. Can you imagine that? And I think Moses had to talk God out of striking them dead and killing them. How patient is that? But listen to me. His name is on the line. You will overcome. I said, you will win. He is going to make certain of it. You don't, you don't have to be enough. In a culture that's trying to tell everybody, do you know there's 5,000 pastors a year are quitting the ministry? Because they don't feel like they are enough. And I'm not here not to tell you that you're not enough. How I many know in his eyes you are enough? But in, if, if you're trying to be an answer to the world, you're not enough. You're not enough. But guess what? He is enough. I said, how many know he is enough? He is enough. It's for his namesake. So be wise enough to hear him. Be humble enough. Be confident enough to trust the Lord. Be confident enough. His name is on the line. You don't have to be enough. You just need to be wise enough to let him be enough. Amen? And, uh, and God wants somebody here this, this morning to know that he has brought you all the way to this place, to this moment, to this day, to let you know that he is with you and he wants to help you. He wants to help you. I don't know what you're in the middle of, but he's with you. You live this long because he let you live this long. And there's always voices. And the problem in hearing is we have voices that come from the balcony and we have voices that come from the basement. The voices that come from the basement seem to be louder in our minds and ears than the voices that come from the balcony. But I'm here to tell you, the voice from the balcony speaks. Satan speaks too and he's a liar. God speaks and he has the truth. He knows the way. In fact, he is the way. Jesus never did a miracle. Uh, up until this point when he was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan. Never did a miracle. Never performed any works, Mark. Never did anything yet. And yet, when he was being baptized, straightway he came out of the water, and the heavens opened, and a voice came from the balcony and said, good job doing all the miracles and preaching and all those, you know, raising the dead. No, no. He never did none of those things. This is my beloved son. And I'm very well pleased. I want somebody to lift your hand to the Lord right now. You don't have to do something to get his good pleasure. He loves you before you lift a finger to do anything. And we live in a performance-driven culture. It says you have to do, do, prove, prove, be, be. You need to be enough. But I'm telling you, he loves you just because you are his son or daughter. So quit worrying. 
and start worshiping. I didn't tell you to put your hands down. Keep them on up. Chrissy, come back. Let's help them worship. You don't have to worry. The Bible says God neither slumbers nor sleeps. So, so why should all of us stay up all night? He never sleeps. I said he never sleeps. When you're facing a trial, you can face it with dignity and faith. If you feel like you can't go on anyone, you can trust God. You can trust him. What happens is many people don't trust the Lord, so they don't expose anything to the Lord. Nobody would say, I don't trust the Lord. But if you don't express or exp- expose or, or, or release something to the Lord, it's a sign of immaturity that you don't trust Him. Because God longs to heal what you're willing to reveal. Tell Him. Tell Him your deep, darkest secrets. Guess what? He already knows them. It's called confession, called repentance. If you want to stay in relationship with Christ, tell him what he already knows. But Satan from the balcony, from the basement, will tell you not to, and you'll hide in guilt and shame, and you'll never get deliverance or freedom because you're afraid to reveal what God's willing to heal. Anybody here glad for the grace of God? Come on, anybody here glad that he receives us? And not only does he receive us, he will hear us and forgive us and redeem us and cleanse us. God wants to heal. He wants to help. What are you ready to reveal to him today? Call on me, the Lord says, and I will answer. When you have questions, he has answers. He knows the way. Hallelujah. What does God know? He knows the way. What does God know? He knows your heart this morning. What does God know? He knows how to deliver you. And he knows how long you will live. So no use worrying about it. That's all I have for today. Next week, I think I'm going to hit on the answer when God says no. What do you do? When God says no. Do you have a temper tantrum like a little baby? Are you willing to listen to the voice of God? See, the invisibility of God is not a hindrance. It's actually a help. But you have to see through eyes of faith. He doesn't always give the details. I understand how frustrating that is. I do. I wanted God to speak to me and give me all the details. In fact, a detailed person... You know, like OCD. Any OCD people? Too embarrassed to raise your hand? Oh, one. One, two, three. All right. Mostly in the medical profession. All three of those were in the medical profession. You have to be OCD to put up with all of your complaints. They call them patients. Not PA. Not. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> OCD people do not like holes or blanks. They want all the details, all the details. And God doesn't often work that way. People like me, he'll say something, I'll say, okay. Too easy. Not that complicated. But it's a childlike kind of faith. He speaks, we obey. Has anybody here ever argued with God? He spoke, he gave you the answer, and you didn't like it? Nobody? 
Yeah. We need to go to the altar now and call on the altar for lying because we got some serious issues today. Let's stand together. Anybody enjoy this message today? Need answers? Give God a call. Come back next week. We'll finish it up. But here's the deal. I believe God wants to do some things in this altar. I know, we, I know we're 1130, but we gave 15 minutes to the children. So I'm just asking for about five minutes. That's all I'm asking. Some of you need to deal with some issues of releasing some things to God. Whether it's personal sin. Whether it's direction you need or confusion or whatever it is. You have some questions that only God can answer. It's okay to ask why. If you have some why questions, bring them to the Lord. Any question in this building today, I invite you as we worship to call on the name of the Lord and He will answer. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Altars are open. If you want to talk to God, I'll be glad to pray with you.